JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan is your host on the Best in Class podcast, which focuses on young players and rookies all around the NFL, what's happened to them since the draft, how they're performing, and more. And of course, Sean, a lifelong Bucks fan, always opens up with his take on the Buccaneers. Dive in, enjoy. It's all presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Best in Class, coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. I am Sean Sullivan, bringing you the best 30 minutes in football. Right now, I want you to go into your computer, your laptop, your desktop, and type in BillCurryFord.com, and I want you to look at all the amazing specials that we have available, including pickup and delivery and mobile service, buying a car from home, and then you can come into the world's largest service drive in just a few weeks. Very exciting stuff. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Bill Curry Ford Tampa, I guess Twitter slash X, whatever we want to call it. We have some great stuff going on. Very excited uh, to be with you guys to talk about Buccaneers football, talk about the rookies. I'm coming to you live on a Halloween day, which makes so much sense because the Buffalo Bills and the Buccaneers game was scary. Right. So scary for all of our Bucks fans. So it actually worked out uh, perfect for the holiday. All right. Let's jump right in. Fastest 30 minutes in football. We'll pay all the bills later at the end of the podcast. All right. Buccaneers uh, ended up making the game close late, scored 18 points in the game. Uh, We lost 24 to 18. Again, the Bucks defense, bend, don't break. You know, we, we, we were pretty great in the red zone. But we're going to break this down, okay? So basically, Josh Allen looked like Josh Allen. They had a terrific running game. Their wide receivers were, were very physical, and our corners were just not very physical. It looked like two teams built completely different ways. One was built on power and physicality, and the other one was, was built on more of finesse because that's what it looks like when we play like, like we did. So let's, let's actually break into the, the parts of the game that I, I want to talk about. Let's talk about the non-hurry-up offense in the second half. Now, I'm going to go out of order here, so Joe Bucks fan listeners, best-in-class listeners, please bear with me because this is how my brain works. So the non-hurry-up offense in the second half, right? Basically, we watch seven, eight minutes roll off the, the clock as we're – doing these little dump-off, dump-off, dump-off. Now, again, if that's what the defense is giving you, I understand. I understand what you're doing. But how about this? You still don't have to take 24 seconds to get a play in and to execute. I mean, they didn't try at all to move the ball in a, in a, in a hurry-up offense. By the way, we used a hurry-up offense in New Orleans, which we won um, confidently. We won by, what, 20 points? So Todd Bowles comes out, and this, is, this is concerns me, comes out and says, hey – we're not running a hurry-up offense because we're not confident that we uh, will not commit a penalty. What? So basically you can't run an NFL offense because your players are too undisciplined or they don't know your offense eight weeks into the season? Does that not concern you, Todd? And why on earth would you go and tell anybody that? If you knew that to be true, keep it to yourself, man. Don't go out into a podcast or podcast. Don't go into a press conference and say, hey, my team is so unprepared that we can't run a normal um, offense at a, at a sped up rate uh, eight weeks into the season with a veteran quarterback uh, bec- and veteran wide receivers because we're afraid that we're going to commit a bunch of penalties. That's just a really bad excuse. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, last week, you guys all heard me talk about, hey, the players didn't execute against the Lions uh, or, and against the Falcons, and I feel like this week it was more coaching than, than execution, and I'm going to go through that again. 
So field goal try at the end of the first half, right? So we've already made a 57-yard field goal, right? This one's a few yards longer. We basically set up. There's 19 seconds left in the clock. The Buffalo Bills have two timeouts. We basically try to fake the field goal try, which, by the way, is in the distance of our kicker, in the distance of our kicker. We tr- he has not missed uh, without a block. He has not missed a field goal on the season. He had just made a 56 or 57-yarder earlier in the game. I can't remember. Drilled it right down the middle. We do this where we try to take them off sides. The place uh, holder is shaking his head during the play, telling the kicker, no, no, no. So I'm sure that everyone on the defensive side is looking at him, shaking his head, going, why is he shaking his head? And then I'm trying to get this. I, I emailed Lee and Steve uh, and Ira because I need to get a better view of the center uh, and I can't get the proper view that I need because I'm being told by someone who was at the game that the center for the Buccaneers never put his hand on the ball to be hiked during our field goal, whatever you want to call it, fake. So if he never put his hand on the ball and our holder is shaking his head, no, 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 and everyone can see it, uh, I don't think it's much of a fake. I think at that moment I texted Lee from Joe Buck's fan, I texted him, now it's time for Todd Bowles to be released. I, uh, I was a big Todd Bowles supporter, and I, and I talked about his game management, and I talked about he doesn't have a feel for when to go forward or when not to go forward. He doesn't feel the game changing. Listen, you came out and said the reason why you faked the field goal is because you didn't want Buffalo to march down the field in 19 seconds with two timeouts and score more points, giving him the ball first in the second half. What does that say about your team if you're concerned about 19 seconds and two, and two timeouts? Are you kidding? Really? You go for the points. You put points on the board. We spend more time trying to manage the other offense and how many points they score instead of just managing our offense and scoring more points than the other team. Do you guys realize I don't think that Todd Bowles realizes this in his coaching. And this is, this is what defensive coaches like Todd are. There's many of them. It's not just him. They would rather win a game 7-3 to three that, you know, than 27-20. to 20. That's just the way they are. I'll never understand it. If you score more points than the opponent, you win. This whole I'm going to play defense and get a feel for the game, and if they're not moving the ball, we're not going to move the ball. No. You come out, and you come out ready to win, and you come out to run the ball or throw the ball or catch the ball as as, physic, as physical as you can. You try to run it down their throat. You try to out-physical them at the line of scrimmage. You try to beat them up, clothesline them, hit them at every chance you get, make them know they played you when you're done, right? And that's just the first player, the second play of the game. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the whole game, yes, but I mean from the start of the game, you come out saying, I'm going to score 40 points on you, I, and, and if my defense holds you to seven, I don't care, great job, right? But my offense, your job is to put 28 points on the board. I want a touchdown a quarter out of this team, out of, you got millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars tied up in your offense, uh, you got tens of millions tied up in your wide receivers, right? Score points. Score points. If you have more points than the other team, you win. Stop with this nonsense of this conservatism. It's driving me insane. You want to run, be a run-first team, then be a run-first team. By the way, the NFL is a throw-first throw team. Uh, you, you know, you missed it by a decade. But again, 
I'm not even criticizing you for wanting to play defense and run the ball. But score points. Try to score points. I'm beginning to believe that Todd Bowles has influenced our offense to the point to where he doesn't want to risk anything. And he's playing very conservatively on offense. And that's his instructions to Dave Canales. It's just, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for an offensive head coach. The Glazers are, you know, they need to, to think about the future. Our team is boring. There's nobody in our team that anybody's following on Facebook or Instagram. There's no stars to put on the side of a building. Your marketing is being hurt right now. You don't have Tom Brady anymore, but you, you don't have anybody else. You know, and, and this brings me to, you know, my draft talk, and we can talk about the draft, but you don't have a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a Penix or somebody to put on the side of the building that would make people interested in at least watching your team, right? You don't have any defensive players like Micah Parsons, uh, like Rokon Smith, like, you know, again, we can talk about the Bozas. There's just so many guys that people pay to watch play. You know, like the like TJ Watt or somebody for the Steelers that people would actually go and say, this guy takes over a football game. We don't have any defensive players to take over a football game. If anything, our defensive players make splash plays and then they disappear. You don't see anybody consistently doing anything but Levante David, who's just a solid player, and Winfield, who's an all-pro. Other than that, you tell me a player on our defense that could start on another team. Please. Uh, our corners? Our corners are soft. And according to Todd Bowles, don't blame them. Uh, it's the scheme, right? We give them $100 million, but let's don't blame them. Blame the scheme. The thing, they should keep Todd away from the microphone, really, because he just says the silliest things, right? As a, G, a general manager of a corporation that makes $900 million a year, and I'm not talking about the Bucks. I'm talking about the Curry organization. We do $900 million in sales. Do you know what would happen if I went into a board meeting and I said, you know what? Yeah, um, we really gave it a good try today. But my managers aren't very skilled, uh, and we're not managing our, our 900 employees very well. But, you know, I feel good about it, right? I would be fired, right? What, what are we doing on, on this team? Like, wh- why don't we hear from Jason Light? Why doesn't he come out and, and, and say something about anything that's going on? I mean, you've lost several games in a row now, and you've lost to good teams, and you, and you have not been competitive. Regardless of what you want to say, the Atlanta game was competitive. No, it wasn't. They had three turnovers in the red zone, or they would have scored 21 points more, right? The, 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 the Lions game wasn't competitive. This game was closer than it appeared. This was not competitive. This game was over by halftime, as soon as we did the fake field goal try. Vita Vea, missing this game, murdered us. You want to know why? Because if you listen to the podcast and you listen to my defensive uh, tackle breakdown on Cansey, right? Cansey's little. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, he's same size as Warren Sapp. No, he's not. Warren Sapp could, could push anybody. I don't care the size. Warren Sapp was ridiculously strong. You couldn't move Warren Sapp. Cansey in the running game is awful right now. And when he was double teamed, he couldn't get through the double teams in this game. Vea takes on the double teams. It frees Cansey up to, be, to, to make some plays in the backfield. Cansey's not there yet, guys. And, and you could see in this game he just got pushed around physically. Do you know he didn't have a tackle in this game? Not one tackle in this game. He played, right? That's how much of a difference Vita Vea makes in, in, the, in, the, in the football games. Vita Vea is what makes our defense go. And when he's out, we, we really struggle. Uh, can't say I'm hoping rebounds, but he needs Vea in there. Gaines isn't going to get it done next to him, and neither is Logan Hall. 
who, by the way, um, is, is, is struggling to play as well. I don't, I don't get the Logan Hall thing. He's, he's, he's a liability in, in the run game. It's just silly. We get out physical. I don't even know if that's a word. But we, we, we absolutely do not play to hurt the other opponent. We just like we show up and collect a paycheck. Um, the offensive line play at center, same thing. Hainsey is a backup center. He is not a starting center in the NFL. He is a backup guard. He is not a starting guard in the NFL. He is a swing guard. He can play left guard, right, th- right guard, and tackle, some tackle, and he can play center. He is a very important part of a team, but he is not a starting center. He gets blown up from the start of every single play that we run. He gets pushed back. He gets no push. The running game struggles because of Hainsey. Hainsey and our tight end play, are, is, in my opinion, as a novice, are the reasons why we can't run the football. Is our starting center and our starting tight end. Neither one of them can block, and that's a problem. They don't get to the second level. They don't get to the linebacker fast enough. The linebacker shoots the gap and makes the play every single time. It's ridiculous. Again, I talked about Todd Bowles and his, and his um, managing of the football game. He can't manage a football game. I mean, it, we've, we've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've seen enough games. I'm not mad at Todd Bowles. I think he's an amazing person. Uh, I think he's a strong Christian man. I will never say anything negative about him personally. But as a, as a head football coach, either the game has passed him by or he does not understand how to manage a game. And uh, my email address is bestinclass at billcurry4.com. I would be happy to come and manage the game with you. I will be your game manager on Sundays. I will help you win games. Okay, I have been watching football. You want to know what my qualifications are? I've been watching football since I was two years old. My dad took me to every football game the Bucks have ever played from 1976 to 1984, right? I watch every snap of every single football game every single week. I know the players from high school to college uh, to the pros. I would be like a Swiss Army knife for a franchise like the Buccaneers. I can help them, right? It's, it annoys me that I have to watch the same stuff over and over again, and we make the same mistakes, and I'm like, why doesn't this get cleaned up? Why don't we fix these mistakes, right? Where is Mike Evans in this game? Did anybody else see Mike Evans miss the first pass of the game and then kind of walk off on the sideline and go sit down like he was upset? He is not happy. I don't know if it's a contract issue. I don't know if anything. All I know is he's catching balls, dropping balls making great plays, then missing simple plays. I, I can't tell you what's going on with Mike Evans, but it looks like whatever it is, it's, it's spilling over into the team. I, I, he needs to be a professional, whether it's about money or not. It can't be about whether he's getting the ball or not because he's getting the ball more than he has ever gotten it. But in this game, I have to say, I would, I would have thrown to Mike Evans every other pass. I'm sorry. It just We are not throwing him enough balls. But I would like to know why he is so indifferent on the sideline and why he doesn't look like he's engaged in the game. Even the touchdown that he caught at the end of this game, he was frustrated. And you could see he was very upset. Maybe it's because he's open the whole game. I don't know. When you rewatch the game, there are times where he is extremely open. Maybe it gets frustrating for a receiver. I don't know. I would assume it does. He's never been a diva receiver. He's always been a professional. I've actually met him many times. He's a professional young man. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. It could be the contract, but whatever it is, Mike, I hope you get it turned around. And if we do end up uh, you, you staying a buck, you know, it's probably what's best for everyone uh, if you do. Uh, Gedeke, three false starts in a game is, is time to sit on the bench. I'm sorry. I don't care how well he blocks. You literally killed three drives in, in the same game. And in a very important game 
It ju- you just can't have three false starts in the same game. Your head's not in the game. I don't know if that falls on Todd Bowles or coaching, but I know at some point you've got to have accountability, right? Maybe on his third false start, you sit him down. Say, we, we, you, you're a liability guy. You've got to get your head in the game. This is not about getting beat because I think he's played extremely over his status. I think he's played better than anyone expected him to play. Again, Gedeke needs to sit if he can't figure out how to play without, without false starting or causing penalties. Cody Mock is, um, is a Bill Curry Ford customer. Nice kid. Again, he's a, he's a rookie uh, who's learning. I, I think that he has some amazing plays followed by some bad plays. Very typical. Uh, you know, he was a player out of North uh, Dakota State. I don't know what his competition level was there, but there's an adjustment period. You know, Cansey out of Pittsburgh, he played in, in a division where, you know, he played against some top teams. There's no excuse for him to play a game and not have a tackle. There's just no excuse, not with his talent level. Yaya Diaby got his first sack. Uh, congratulations to him. Can we please rush him some more? You know, uh, Joe Tryon had one of the worst, and I mean worst, plays on tape that I've ever seen where he was one-on-one with a, a guard and he basically couldn't beat the guard. It was isolated off to the left, and then he just dove into his feet. Lee, Lee talked about it. I, I don't know what he was doing. Simeon Rice was another guy. Similar build. Uh, actually, Joe Tryon has better speed than, than Simeon Rice uh, at the Combine. Why are you not spinning or swimming out of that move, right? Why are you trying to out-muscle somebody? You cannot out-muscle someone. There's just no reason to do that. You need to get out of their way. You need to run by him. You need to swim by them. You need not to engage. Speaking of engaging, Devin White, he engages the blocker and decides to stay with him the entire game and doesn't disengage. So uh, that's, a, that's a problem. Really, there's nothing else I want to talk about on the Bucks side. I think I kind of covered all my frustrations. This game I'm putting on the coaching staff. I think it's, uh, I think it's time for a coaching change. I, I don't care if they win their next 10 games. You're not going to win a championship coaching like this. And with Todd Bowles is not a coach learning on the, on the fly. He knows better. This is how he is. He's showing you who we are. We have a saying uh, in the car business, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Todd Bowles has shown us who he is. I believe, who, I believe that he's a, a conservative defensive coach in an era where, where offenses take over. Let's talk about uh, Dalton Kincaid. For those of you who listened to my last podcast, uh, I, I predicted that Dalton Kincaid would be a star on Thursday night, he had five catches, 65 yards, 13 yards to catch, a touchdown, and he was all over the field. He got him a lot of first downs. So he was their first-round draft pick out of Utah. What an amazing game for him. Uh, so congratulations to Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you are a star. If you listen to Best in Class Tight End, uh, you would see that I discussed him at length. Enough Bucks talk. Let's jump on to the Rams-Cowboys. Cowboys blew the Rams out 43-20. to Not even close. Matt Stafford got a, um, an injury early on in this game. Uh, C.D. Lamb just showed why he's one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, looking at the Rams uh, draft, there's really nobody that I want to talk about. If, um, you know, Steve Avila, was their, um, he's out for the year. Uh, Bryant Young didn't do much in this game. He was their second-round draft pick out of Tennessee. Kobe Turner, a defensive tackle out of Wake Forest. Um, not much to speak about. Um, now, getting on to the Cowboys, um, Let's talk about Jake uh, Ferguson. Uh, he caught four balls, 47 yards, and a TD. He's having an excellent year. He was the fourth-round draft pick out of Wisconsin last year. For those, I, I actually got several emails at bestinclass at billcurryford.com about my breakdown of tight ends, and there were some Wisconsin fans out there that said, man, you talked very highly of Jake Ferguson. I said, yeah, this guy can catch, right? This guy's no joke. 
and now he's the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's playing excellent. Fourth-round draft pick out of Wisconsin can block and catch Kate Otten, just so you know. He can block and catch. Imagine that. Fourth-round draft pick out of Wisconsin. Michigan defensive tackle Mozzie Smith. This was a guy that, that was projected to the Bucks in some, in some cases. Big run stopper, had a tackle, a tackle for loss. Really, there's nobody else I want to go over for Dallas. Congratulations. Dallas is, uh, is hot right now. They are now 5-2, and 3-0 and oh at home. Vikings-Packers, the Vikings pulled this game out. So the Vikings are now 4-4, four and four, but their, their QB is now out for the year. They beat the Packers 24-10 with a terrible Jordan Love. No one listens to me. I told you Jordan Love was going to be awful. Why don't you guys listen to my podcast? Unless you guys were ditching, I have no idea what on earth you're doing starting Jordan Love. He's awful. Jordan Addison, number 23 overall at a USC, seven catches, 82 yards, and a TD. He's a star. He was one of my favorite wide receivers coming out. He just he reminds me of these, of these guys, these catch-after-run guys that, you know, that pull up on a slant and then take it to the house. I loved, the, I loved how he played at USC. He's played amazing for the Vikings, especially with uh, Jefferson out. Uh, congratulations to the Vikings to finding a star there. BYU QB Jaron Hall, which was their six-round draft pick, went three of four for 43 yards. It looks like he might be getting the start this week. I'm not sure. All right. Before I get to the Packers players, I want to talk about a player that I was very high on. So UAB running back Dwayne, um, Dwayne McBride, right? He was picked 222 um, by the Minnesota Vikings. I had him as one of the top running backs in the NFL draft. And, and by the way, if you want to test my acumen, why don't you go back and listen to my running back breakdown and where I had Jameer Gibbs. Um, and we'll talk about him later and where I had Bijan. So I'm really good at this. I would like uh, Jason Light. I hope he listens to my podcast still. I'm going to try to reach out to him this week. I have found a running back that I think can help us. He's on the practice squad right now for the Minnesota Vikings. Does not cost us a draft pick. Just clear a spot for him on the the, uh, 53-man roster. Pick up Dwayne McBride if he's healthy. He can break out some runs. He's got some speed. He's got some shiftiness. Listen, what could you lose adding a running back like him? He's sitting on a practice squad doing nothing, right? If he's available and he's healthy, which, again, the health is is a big concern, but if he's healthy, he's a rookie out of UAB, right? He was one of the top rushers in college football last year. He, he has breakaway speed. I definitely think that, uh, Jason Light, this is an opportunity for you to pick up a guy to help adapt at running back without costing you a draft pick. So why don't you look at Dwayne McBride? Packers, their first-round draft pick, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, 13th overall, has played extremely well for them. Again, he's He's coming back after an injury. I think he had a tackle in this game. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, um, their second-round draft pick, tight end, um, didn't have a very good game. But of course, he's not getting good quarterback play. Their fourth-round draft pick, Jaden Reed, Michigan State wide receiver, four catches, 83 yards. You know, he's had some drops, but, but he's explosive. If he can clean up those drops, he's, you, they actually found something in him. Uh, Dontanian Wicks, basically he's pick 159 out of Virginia. He had a bad drop in this game, but he had other two other catches. There was a guy that was going to be a late-round draft pick that I thought they got good value on. We'll see what he turns into. But he's big and long, and, and he's got some speed. He's got to work on those hands. Let's get on to the Falcons and Titans, right? This was a big game for the Bucks. The Falcons lost to the Titans, the 3-4 and four Titans, 28-23. to 23. Really, the story of the game was the, was the play of Will Levis, and we'll get there in one second. Let's talk about Bijan. Bijan Robinson, which was my number one running back, number eight overall, had 11 carries, 62 yards, 5.6 yards a carry, and a touchdown. Uh, also caught 43 yards. He's been sensational. One day, someone's going to have to explain to me why he has 11 carries. 
Uh, I I don't know. I know he's. Uh, they keep saying he's sick. What is he sick of? Does he have like a two week flu? Like what? What? The the guy's sensational. Get him on the field, Atlanta. Give him twenty carries and see if he doesn't dominate the game like Jameer Gibbs. Uh, that's just my opinion. Anyway, I don't care what Atlanta does. They're in our division. I hope they lose every game. But I love Bijan. As far as the rest of their draft picks, nobody to talk about this week. Tennessee, you know, number thirty three overall, which was the second pick. I'm sorry, the first pick in the second round was Kentucky uh, quarterback Will Levis. 19 of 29, 238, just under uh, nine yards uh, a throw, and four touchdowns for a 130 quarterback ranking. I couldn't be happier for Will Levis. I am not as high on Will Levis. I thought he was a second-round draft pick. I did not think he was a first-round draft pick. Mel Kuyper really liked him. You know, my problem with Will Levis is always going to be the same. He was inconsistent at Kentucky, where he would have these – sensational eye-popping games. And then for three games, he would look just pedestrian. He came into this game, basically there's no film on him on what he likes to do. Those pump fakes aren't going to work every single time. But man, was his long ball placement, it was perfect. I mean, when I say perfect, if you guys want to watch four touchdowns being thrown and two of them over 30 yards, and you can actually see the ball drop into the wide receiver's hands, not the one where DeAndre Hopkins bailed him out. I'm talking about there were two plays that Will Levis probably threw the most perfect football you could throw in those situations. Congratulations to Will Levis and his family. Uh, I think you just became the starter for the Tennessee Titans. Malik Willis, last year's uh, third-round draft pick, is on the bench where he belongs. Should have never been drafted over Sam Howell. That's a whole other conversation. Tulane running back uh, Ty J. Spears, their third-round draft pick. Had three carries, 27 yards, nine yards a carry. Ty J has had a sensational year uh, for Tennessee as a backup to uh, King Henry. Moving on to the next game, the Saints and the Colts. The, the Saints won the game 38-27. to Derek Carr had a tremendous game. So, you know, I think Derek Carr played his best game as a, as a Saint in this. Uh, 318 yards, two TDs. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, there's really nobody I want to talk about in the Saints. I hope the Saints lose every game. As far as the Colts are concerned, you know, Anthony Richardson, the fourth overall draft pick, is out for the year. Julius Brents, which was their second-round draft pick corner, has been a hit or miss. Josh Downs, as you know, has been a star for them. Their third-round draft pick out of North Carolina. And I'm talking about the Colts. So congratulations to to Josh Downs. Um, but they were just uh, the Saints were just able to, to outscore them. The, the Colts had no answer for... Shahid and Michael Thomas, Kamara had a solid game. There was the Saints were just firing on all cylinders. Again, the Saints still had uh, trouble stopping the run. They give up 95 yards to uh, Taylor and uh, 86 yards to Moss. So 170 yards rushing. So the New Orleans Saints are, are are definitely susceptible to the run. Good news for the Bucks, we can't run. So uh, moving on to the Patriots and Dolphins. Dolphins 31, uh, the Pats uh, 17. Game wasn't very close. Christian Gonzalez, the 17th overall pick, my number one corner, didn't play in the game for the Patriots. There's really no one else for the Patriots that you know that had a terrific game to talk about. As far as the, the uh, Dolphins, there re- there's not any rookies that I wanted to talk about on the Dolphins. But man, how about the, if you guys did you guys see Waddle in this game out of Alabama? Two years ago, seven receptions, 120 yards, and a TD. He's, he looks like he's fully healthy. With Tyreek Hill fully healthy, uh, two attacks of lower. I mean, what targets he has. with um, and, he, and they don't even have A-chain back. Wait till they get A-chain back to go in there with Mostert. That's, uh, that offense is just uh, killing it. Moving on to the Jets and the Giants. Yes, I watched every snap of this game. It was tough. But I got through it. 
Uh, Jets end up winning 13 to 10 by default. I think they 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 um. Um, they flipped a coin to see who could win this game. For one, the Giants quarterback couldn't throw the ball a lick. And then, of course, Zach Wilson can't throw the ball a lick. So, I mean, it was tough. It was like, okay, is somebody going to fumble and return a fumble so this game will be over? The, again, the Jets are 4-3. Are, are and three. They're in a great position right now. I, I mean, I can pick on the Jets, but, man, have they, have they that defense, that defense has played lights out to carry that team. And their special teams has been really good, too. Their coaching staff is excellent. They just need Aaron Rodgers back which is uh, really funny. Jermaine Johnson, who was a guy I loved out of Florida State last year, was a late first-round draft pick of the Jets, had two more sacks in this game. Unbelievable um, pass rusher. Uh, as far as the uh, Giants, Deontay Banks, the, the 24th overall pick out of Maryland, three tackles, three solo tackles, one pass defense, uh, which is really great. Really nobody else I want to talk about in that game. That was, a, that was a tough game. And if you guys aren't watching Brees Hall, Brees Hall is a star. And he had a 49-yard catch and run and touchdown in this game. Thank God for Brees Hall, or the Jets would be in serious trouble. But but they they're still in playoff contention. As far as the Giants, uh, Thibodeau, who, who who could have been last year's number one pick because he's that good, uh, fell because he interviewed very poorly. Uh, he's got eight and a half sacks, guys, on the year. He's got 13 tackles, yes, and eight and a half sacks. The guy is a sack machine. Uh, congratulations to Thibodeau, buddy. You are now an NFL star. Uh, Jaguars and Steelers. Jaguars 20, Steelers 10. Not much to talk about on the uh, Jaguars. Uh, Tank Biz- Bigsby, their third-round draft pick out of Auburn. Three carries for nine yards. Not much to talk about there. Uh, Britton Strange didn't play in the game. Tight end at a Penn State, uh, which is their second-round draft pick. Um, as far as the Steelers are concerned, Joey Porter, uh, the the first pick in the second round, five tackles, four pass, def- four solo tackles, one pass defense. Joey Porter's the real deal, guys. He's going to be a star for Pittsburgh for a long time. Really, no one else in that game to talk about. Eagles Commanders, right? What a great game this was. Sam Howell was on fire in this game, right? Thirty nine of fifty two, three ninety seven, four TDs, one fourteen rating. He gets no offensive line play whatsoever. The, the Washington Commanders offensive line is one of the worst in the entire league. Sam Howell somehow survives it, throws for 400 yards and four TDs, and they lose. The Eagles' first-round draft pick defensive tackle Jalen Carter had a tackle in the game. Their, second, their other sec, their first-round draft pick, uh, Georgia Edge Nolan Smith, again, was one of the top linebacker edge slash linebackers in, in the entire draft. Two tackles, uh, two solo tackles, a tackle for loss. I really like Nolan Smith. He had a sack last week that was incredible. Uh, Sidney Brown, um, third-round draft pick uh, out of Illinois. I talked about him. That He was one of my favorites. Had eight tackles in the game. Congratulations to him. Jahan Dotson, a guy that was my sleeper wide receiver last year out of Penn State. Eight catches, 108 for a TD. Had his best game of the year. Uh, again, he's a star player. He just needs more more touches. Congratulations to Dotson. Uh, Texans uh, and the Panthers. Uh, the duel of the first and second round, or first and second pick in the draft. The Panthers won this game 15 to 13. It looks like the Texans were just calling this one in, like they're now good enough to to walk through this game. C.J. Stroud, who's an NFL star, if you don't think he is, he only owns four NFL records to start a career. Um, he's absolutely killing it for the year. He's got 1,800 yards, nine TDs, and only one interception. Uh, he's the fourth highest ranked QB in the NFL. Congratulations to C.G. Shroud. Will Anderson, the number over, the number three overall pick, where they traded a number one pick for him, had three tackles, two solo tackles, and a sack in this game. Tank Dell, who was a uh, 
a, a third-round draft pick of Houston, three catches, 16 yards. But he had some end rounds. He had like another 40 yards rushing. Uh, just a very strange game for everyone. Alabama linebacker, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. Uh, the 167 pick overall, three tackles um, in the game. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, 22 of 31 for 235 yards and a TD. You're never going to explain this to me. During the game, they said that the Houston Texans tried to trade up to number one to draft Bryce Young. And you know what my only comment was just when I was taking notes? I said, is everyone stupid? What on earth are people looking at when they do a quarterback evaluation? Somebody at some point is going to have to explain it to me because I have never met anybody that would think that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, head-to-head, you would, you would take Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud can process his prototypical size, has an NFL arm, can throw the ball down the field, can get hot, right? Bryce Young is the same is, – is, is 175 pounds. I don't care what they say. You can put all that water on him you want. The guy plays at 175 to 180. He's the smallest quarterback ever to play in the NFL. One time he's going to get hit and his head's going to remove from his body. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Just like I called it, the Anthony Richardson, I called it. I said he's going to get hurt. He got hurt three games in, and he's out now out for the season, right? This is the same thing. I don't wish it on him. This game is just not for little people. It's just not. He's too small to, to, to ask to play 17 games in the vicious NFL that it is. He might be the toughest guy in the world. I just He needs to add weight, and I don't know if his body's capable of adding the weight. Um, as far as his, his um, precision passing, he's very effective in the 10 to 15 yards. If you ask Bryce Young to throw the ball over 15 yards, he struggles. He struggled at Alabama, and he struggles in the pros. If I was a defensive coordinator and I'm playing Carolina – I, I take away every single thing short and make him throw the ball down the field. He can't do it, right? He won't be able to do it, you'll, you'll, and that's, that's the secret to stopping Bryce Young. Take away all those underneath routes, make him throw the ball down the field. He can't do it. The, as far as the Texans are concerned, thank God you guys um, didn't make that deal. C.J. Stroud's is a superior talent. Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, uh, second-round draft pick of the uh, Carolina Panthers, had four catches, 62 yards. That's pretty much the only other guy I wanted to talk about. Browns and Seahawks. The Seahawks won this game 24-20. to I'm not talking about the Sea Chickens. Uh, there's no um, rookies that I want to talk about. Broncos and the Chiefs. The Broncos won this game 24-9. to Congratulations on the Broncos for actually beating a good team. They pl- Broncos actually played well. They ran the ball well. Uh, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs, they have um, Rasheed Rice, the second-round draft pick out of SMU. On the season now, it's 30 catches, 361, and three TDs. This Rasheed Rice guy is the real deal. It looks like he's, like again, he's becoming the favorite of uh, Patrick Mahomes. George Kaloftis, which is one of my favorite players from last year's draft, he was picked 27th overall. Guess what? That was one of the Bucks were picking in 2022. It just, it's insane to me. Uh, I'm sorry, he was picked 30th. We could have picked him at 27. This year, he has six sacks, 14 tackles overall, five tackles for loss. He is a pass rushing star. He's on pace right now to have 13 sacks for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, he started all 17 games last year as a rookie and had um, eight and a half sacks. George Kaloftis, I was right about you. You're a star. I have no idea uh, what the Bucks were thinking passing on you as a pass rusher. I don't get it. Lee and I have been talking about pass rushers. We have Shaq Barrett. We have Joe Tryon. We have Logan Hall. We now have Cansey, and, and none of them can rush the passer. Vita Vea was our best pass rusher, and he was drafted as a defensive tackle. So we have a lot of money and draft picks uh, invested in, in free agents 
invested in our in our in our rush and Todd Bowles continues to have to design unique blitzes to get to the quarterback. Jaleel McCaughlin out of Youngstown uh, State was a UFA uh, rookie running back now has 38 touches for 268 yards and a touchdown. By the way, if you're doing some math, that's seven yards a carry. The guy's explosive. Uh, he's he's a little small, but congratulations on a fine there, uh, Denver Broncos. Cardinals Ravens. The Ravens, who are now six and two, um, beat the Cardinals 31 to 24. Zay Flowers, uh, the number 22nd overall pick, five catches, 19 yards uh, in the game, but he's been a stud all year. He was my sleeper. It's like. Um, Jahan Dotson was last year. That's the guy I said, watch out for him. As far as the Cardinals are concerned, B.J. Ojeri, the 41st overall pick, two tackles, uh, two solo tackles, uh, a sack and a tackle for loss. Um, he looks like a winner for them as a pass rusher. Really, that's uh, all I want to go over. Other than Trey McBride, last year's Colorado State tight end, second-round draft pick, he was the best catcher uh, hands-wise, like not the overall tight end, but definitely the best pass catcher in last year's draft for tight ends. 25 catches, 265 yards on the season at a TD. He had a breakout game over 100 yards again. Uh, some congratulations to Trey McBride. He's, uh, he's, uh, got, he's getting it, right? So he's, he's figuring it out. From what I understand, it could take two to three years for a tight end to develop, but he's, he's developing. Bengals 49ers, 31-17 Bengals. Congratulations on a what a wonderful game by the Bengals. Really, there's nobody to talk about in the Bengals uh, rookie-wise. Uh, as far as the 49ers are concerned, you know, safety juror Brown didn't play in the game. Jake Moody we've talked about, uh, and uh, he has cost them two games now in the season. He's uh, really struggling as a kicker. As far as a, a trade um, for a running back, here's a guy um, out of Louisiana, Elijah Mitchell, coming off of an ACL injury, was a six-round draft pick uh, two years ago. If you remember last year, this guy was an absolute stud. Uh, now with McCaffrey, you know, he's expendable. There's a guy that I think that's sitting on the San Francisco 49ers bench that can be had for nothing. Uh, Jason Light, I've given you McBride, uh, and I've given you Elijah Mitchell. Those are two guys that I think uh, immediately impact your running back room. Neither one's going to cost you a ton. Bears uh, and Chargers, Chargers won 30-13. to 13. This game really wasn't close at all. Uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, Tyreek Stevenson had 12 tackles. He is their fourth-round draft pick out of uh, Miami. Uh, what a tremendous game on him. Texas running back uh, Roshan Johnson, six carries, 21 yards, three and a half yards a carry. He was their fourth-round draft pick out of Texas. Really, Tyler Scott, we talked about him out of Cincinnati, had a catch, nothing really to talk about. Tyson Badgent, the Division II um, Heisman Trophy winner, started for the uh, Bears uh, did not have a very good game through two interceptions. One of them wasn't his fault. Really started the game strong, but as as they get more tape on him, you know he's going to struggle. Uh, Quentin Johnson, the 21st overall pick out of TCU, wide receiver, five catches, 50 yards in the game. It looks like he's getting more comfortable for the Chargers. Washington State linebacker Dalen Henley, who was linked to the Bucks, was number 85 overall at linebacker. He apparently was going to be the Levante David um, replacement. Three tackles, two tackles, um, uh, solo tackles. So great job to... For him, he's had a very solid start to his career. Uh, Raiders and Lions, right? Lions win 26-14. to 14. The only guy I want to talk about right now is Jameer Gibbs, the number 12th overall pick. If you listen to Best in Class and Joe Bucks fan, I wanted Jameer Gibbs to fall to the Bucks. It didn't happen, right? Everybody's like, well, why would you want a running back, Sean? Are you cra- you're crazy. You don't know what you're doing. Okay, I, not only do I know what I'm doing, I could build my own team in 10 minutes, Right? Minus the salary cap stuff, I need somebody to help me with that stuff. But as far as the players, I can pick the players quickly. Jamar Gibbs is a star player. 
if you don't want to draft a star impact player in the first round, wide receiver or running back, you don't know what you're doing. Okay? You just you should not be a general manager of an NFL franchise. You don't draft an okay running back or a decent running back. But if there's a difference maker, a guy that can change the course of the game, and what I mean by change, I mean 26 carries, 152 yards, 5.8 yards a carry, a touchdown, 27 yards is his long run, five catches, 37 yards, 8.4 yards a catch, and a 14 long, where he made the difference in the game. Jameer Gibbs alone in this game, besides Hutch on defense, dictated the entire game. That's my point. If you can get a guy like B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, they are difference makers. You Brees Hall for the Jets right now. Without Brees Hall, the Jets are doing nothing, right? Keep that in mind. I'm tired of everybody telling me running backs don't matter when, when we're all of our Bucks fans are complaining about running for 3.2 yards a carry. It does matter. You don't want to give him a second contract? Don't give him a second contract. But you don't tell me you don't want to waste a first-round draft pick on a running back. There is no waste. If you get five years of top production where you're moving sticks, you're, moving, you're getting, creating first downs, you're getting goal line red zone, red zone rushes, and, you're getting these, and these guys are making that much of a difference, they're opening up your offense so that your quarterback doesn't get killed, you guys are underestimating the running back position. It's still extremely important. Congratulations, Jameer Gibbs. You're a superstar. I was right. Everyone else is wrong. Ride, I ride Jameer Gibbs all the way in deep into the playoffs, Detroit Lions. Uh, Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell, number 18 overall. Um, this was a guy I thought was a little slow and a throwback linebacker. He really fits what the Detroit Lions are doing. There's really – sometimes the player fits the scheme better than you can draw it up on a piece of paper. Jack Campbell is a Detroit Lion. And he fits this scheme unbelievable. I don't if he's drafted by anyone else, he's not doing this kind of production. Four tackles, four solo tackles, pass defense, four fumble, uh, forced fumble. The guy against the Bucks was an absolute nightmare. This guy is a real player. Congratulations to Jack Campbell. Iowa Titans, Sam Laporta, a guy we talked about at length last week. Eight catches, fifty-seven yards, and a TD. This guy's Goff's favorite target, besides. Um, um, Shoot, can't remember the, the Lions uh, right receiver. I'm off St. Brown. So basically, uh, Sam Laporta has become the T.J. Hawkinson trade. I mean, this is what happened. T.J. goes to Minnesota. They come in and draft Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is now one of the top tight ends in the entire NFL. So congratulations to the Detroit Lions. They're going into a bye week this week. They're 6-2. and two. Um, They're looking to, to make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. So it's very exciting time to be a Detroit Lions fan. All right, so we're wrapped up. Uh, this week's uh, best in class. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, please visit us at, at uh, BillCurryFord.com. See all of our amazing specials. Uh, use our concierge service to order a car and receive $500. Get up to $2,000 cash back on any new vehicle. We have 0%, 1.9 available for certain months on new cars. We have a lifetime warranty on new cars. We are delivering cars to driveways. We are picking them up and servicing them and returning them free of charge. We have mobile recall van, which means if there's a recall announced on your Ford, all you have to do is call Bill Curry Ford at 813-872-5555, and we will schedule a mobile van to come to your house at your convenience Monday through Saturday and fix your recall where you're not inconvenienced. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Follow us at Bill Curry Ford Tampa, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, slash X. Uh, again, and email me at bestinclass at BillCurryFord.com with any questions. I will see you guys next week. I hope that um, you have a wonderful week. Uh, I hope you buy lots of stuff. And I hope that uh, the Bucks can defeat the Houston Texans. See you guys.